real focus is to try to get Bo up with guys on base. You know, Bo's numbers with learners in scoring position are, um, I think, by far the best on our team. Uh, he has a unique ability to put the ball in play, whether it's in the zone or just around the zone. So trying to generate as much traffic as we can um, and get Bo up, up to the plate with guys on base. All right, welcome to Bo Timber, everybody. The 28th of Bo Timber. You like that, Barker? No, because no, normally, whenever things make sense, I would be excited about it. But knowing who is hitting cleanup and knowing who has been yelling and screaming Since about when? this Since for when? seven months, I can't tell you how much I've dreaded coming into work today knowing who's hitting cleanup, and knowing how much you're going to gloat. I'm not going to gloat. And say that how much sense this makes and what have they been waiting on. Well, I can tell you what they've been waiting on. A dude that's got a, what, a 370 on base percentage who hadn't played in a while. And I'll bet you that you didn't ever think I'd be saying that Sort of, if you're going to take Bo out of the two-hole, it's got to make sense that you fill in the blank with somebody I'd say other than Biggio or Kevin Kiermaier, right? You don't probably want those two having an extra bat other than Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You'd rather have Brandon Bell getting it. Huh? So right now it sort of makes a little bit of sense to have, right, your best run producer, Hitting cleanup, but your best on you're base guy. Trying to, you're trying to spoil my fun. You're Abs. trying to spoil my fun is by saying working? this is as much about Brandon Belt as it is about Bo Bichette. I think it's you're trying to spoil my fun. I think it's a little give and take, right? You, if it's if a you're sitting, give and take. well, if you're sitting around and you're John Snyder, you got to think, okay, if I'm going to move him out of the two hole, who am I putting in it? It ain't going to be Kiermaier. It ain't going to be Kevin Biggio, who's 0 for 12 and hasn't had an RBI in a while. So, yeah, this makes total sense, right? So, when, when you haven't scored runs in two games. It made total sense on opening day, Kevin. No, it didn't. Oh, it didn't? No, because the no. shortstop didn't want to hit Dalton cleanup. Varsho, Dalton Farsho no. hitting cleanup, that made sense? Well, whenever you have the dude that gets more hits than anybody in the American League, probably would walk up to him and go, hey, where would you like to hit? And if it doesn't say cleanup, He's probably hitting in the two hole. So, yeah, this sort of desperate times. And this is, I think, where they're at when you don't score a couple of runs. How is it desperate times? They have a playoff spot right now. Seattle's not. That's what you were saying last night in Blue Jays talk. You'd almost think this team isn't in the playoffs. (laughs) Now you're saying it's desperate times. Kevin Barker. Offensively. Kevin Barker. What is it? What is it? Is it desperate times or are they done and dusted and in the playoffs? Done and dusted. Pick a lane. Pick a lane, Kevin Barker. I Off think, the fence. I think it's a swervy lane. That's what I think. I think you're sort of swerving all over the place when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I bet that. I think you're trying to get the best three guys in front of your best run producer. All right. At this time, you're you're just not you're not playing along. No, no. Because I, I, I like it. I thought this through. But, I knew what you were going to try and do because you've been trying to say this. All season. What are we waiting for? Put Bo in the cleanup spot. Well, anyhow, the, the Jays lineup. Uh, a desperate... Well, I burst in that bubble, didn't I? Well, <laughs> pop. 
I mean, Boy. now you're saying that they're desperate. So as a sign uh, of desperation. Offensively, they sure are. John Schneider has moved Bo Bichette into the cleanup spot yeah. for tonight's third game of the series against the Yankees. The lineup is Springer, Belt, Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, Kirk. Kirk's about the only guy who hasn't hit cleanup this year. Kiermaier, Chapman, and Varsho. If you're keeping score at home, if you're playing Jay's cleanup bingo, uh, Bo Bichette is, what did I say, the 11th different cleanup hitter they've had? And if he starts one more game at the cleanup spot, he will tie Spencer Horowitz for a number of starts at the cleanup spot. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that on September 28th, on September 28th, I don't know if they if, if the khakis got stuck in an elevator at the Rogers Center or whatever. On September 28th, somebody said, let's take the best hitter on the team for two years and let's put him in the cleanup spot. What if the best hitter didn't want to hit cleanup? Are we sure that's what it's about? Uh, it's rumbles. Wow. I mean, you're just, you're, you're creating controversy. <laughs> you're, I, you're, I you're, this in. You really are. Controversy, you're funny. You're, you're, this makes total sense right now. They don't have a cleanup hitter. total sense they, on opening day. I did not. Oh, do you want to read the opening day lineup? Do you I know, want me to read the opening I, day I, lineup? I, I'll read the opening I day lineup. I was in spring training. I saw it. Yeah. Well, that made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, they thought it did. I mean, they, I'm they looking like, at. They like they have the, Whit Merrifield. They like the first three. Davis Schneider. They like Danny the first Jansen three guys. Clean. It still doesn't hide the fact that five through t- nine tonight is seven for their last fifty-one in the uh, last now three you're games just spoiling with everything. one RBI. So yeah, it doesn't hide that fact. Like it's still there's some weaknesses there, and some guys are going to have mm. to step up. They're trying to maximize their best four guys, and they're doing that. They were doing that. They've been they've been trying to do that all year. No, they haven't. Oh God. All you've talked about the is the need four for a guys, big inning. The best three guys, they didn't have a fourth guy. Well, they think they do now with Bell because he gets on base all the time, and he's competitive, and they don't have that a bunch. Yeah. Anyhow, 7.07 will be the first pitch tonight. Luke Weaver on the mound for the Yankees. Just stop it. Chris Bassett on the mound for the Jays. Uh, the Jays looking to uh, win one game of the uh, – three-game series after yep. after Garrett Cole. Uh, well, Garrett Cole already had the Cy Young Award um, decided. He's but. the best pitcher in baseball. I, I know Blake Snell probably has better numbers. Best pitcher in baseball. I was thinking about that th- last night when I was riding home. This is really odd. I mean, best it's Best pitcher in stuff. baseball? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guy I'd want on the mound in the seventh game of the World Series? Not certain. That's a not certain, but I'll go with you. Best, best, best. I don't think. I don't think. I don't best think he can be one and not the other. Can I, it? I don't know. I just. I need to see more. I mean, he's at. He. Had, he I think he got a ring in Houston, didn't he? Was he's he with really, Houston when they won? He's really yeah. good. He is good. I the, mean, the elevated fastball may have taken him to a whole different level. Yes, and we talked about that yesterday. Just let's uh, let's let, let's uh, get the folks caught up to date. Uh, Houston and Seattle played last night. And I uh, had a dugout clearing incident, basically, as far as I can tell. Uh, it was there apparently, according to several players and according to several reporters, the sort of the genesis of the situation was a misunderstanding as to which um, cuss word Hector Neris yelled at. Julio Rodriguez, there was apparently a nuance 
Yeah, I don't even know why you'd be yelling anything. Uh, anyhow. Be lucky you struck him out. He struck out four times last night, yeah. I think. Houston won. Uh, Houston won. Yeah. So the standings are uh, as follows. And now Seattle, uh, Seattle plays a four-game series against the Texas Rangers tonight. Seattle's a game and a half out of the wild card spot. They're a game and a half back to Houston. Houston's got Arizona tonight. Arizona's got a lot to play for, mm-hmm. obviously. The Jays are half a game up uh, on Houston. Tampa Bay's 10 back. We're going to, we got to talk about the Tampa Bay race celebrating yesterday. Yeah, they didn't even know how to do it. They just said, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> well, no, they're smart. You know why yeah. they, you know why they did that? You know why they did that? I mean, they, they've, they've known they've, they had the wild card spot clinched a while ago. They've still got an outside shot of beating Baltimore. The reason they did it is they have an off day today. Mm-hmm. And I've been told they also, you know, the idea of celebrating in Toronto when you are going to probably face the Jays in the first round. Like they just decided, okay, Sunday against, let's say that the, the, the earth caves in and Baltimore doesn't win the East yeah. and Tampa wins the East. And the idea of, let's say it happened, worst case scenario for them, Sunday in Toronto. Mm. You're going to be popping champagne at the Rogers Center knowing that you're going to be playing the Jays in the first round. So I think what they did is they said, what the hell, we got the champagne with us. We you know, tied the uh, 2008 Rays, the best record in baseball. We've been through a lot. It's probably, frankly, easier to drink the champagne than drag it through customs. Boys, let's go nuts. And that's what they did. Try not to overthink it. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah they, they, they went nuts. Yeah, I know. But it was great. And I loved uh, Kevin Cash's line to Mark Topkin. He said, I told the players that we're the Rays. We, we do things differently. So we just decided to do this. So the Rays that's decided fair. to have a non-celebration celebration. Uh, there you go. And the Rays, of course, are in town. Uh, they'll be in town today. The Rays are in town for a three-game series against the Jays starting tomorrow. So um, our friend Dan Schulman tweeted out the uh, Jays, you know, the, the tiebreaker scenario, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, I, I think what you need to know is the Jays are still in the driver's seat. Three and one would be nice. Well, how about that? Yeah, that's, I think I think that's what everybody's saying. Yeah, three, three and one, one would be really nice. And to, to go three and one, you you have to win. You have to win tonight. Give them credit; Luke they moved the order around to get the best hitter up when it matters the most. We've been saying this forever. Is it's sort of like that? You you mix up the guys, say five, six, and seven, to get whoever's the hottest up with a bunch of guys on base. That's what they're trying to do here. So. I give him credit. Yeah, should absolutely. have been done seven months ago, but I give him credit five months ago. Better late than never. All right. Mm-hmm. Bobachette's a cleanup hitter. Yeah. And according to you, may not be his first choice of any spot in the batting line. I just, well, it makes, you, it went, makes you wonder why they wait till four right. games left well, in the season to do it. Well, it, it, I mean, a, if he'd uh, balled in, they would have done it, what, it, however many months ago? It's, it's possible that this isn't part of the, that the process. This isn't part, that wasn't part of the process. And I do think you need to, you need to fill in the blank. When he's leaving the That's two-hole, who's, who's hitting there? Yeah. Uh, so what's it going to mean for Bo? Bo's, Bo's hitting cleanup. Yeah. Uh, we know about Bo's strengths. We know that I think it's safe to say that he's the most complete hitter That's well said. on this team. Yeah. Best hitter, but certainly the most complete hitter. Sure. Is it going to matter to him if he's coming up in the first inning with nobody on base and one out or coming up in the second inning with nobody on base? He's leading off. 
or leading off the Absolutely. second inning or coming up in the first inning with two on. Like, is that, is that, Absolutely. That's going to change because you know what guys say. I got the same approach regardless of where They're I'm lying. hitting in the lineup, They're which lying. is a lie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Larry Walker used I've to hit, say that, and then Larry Walker, third, after I've, he retired, said, basically, I was lying to you guys I've all along. I've hit third, fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth. I had a different approach for every single time, every single one of those positions I hit. Do you it's think just, most guys do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Today, Bo, I'm sure they said to Bo Bichette last night that tomorrow when you show up, because it sounds like they've been having this conversation for a little while, right? It's yes. Wait until Belt gets back. He gets on base a ton. He's very competitive. He's a tough out, right? We want you coming up. Say three guys on base, right, to get and the frankly, big hit and I, have the big inning earlier. We take did. a little pressure off the pitching staff. John Schneider did tell us either last week or the week before. We asked about the lineup and moving Bo into the cleanup spot, and he's and he to paraphrase him said that everything's on the table. So this gets to your point. I don't think this is something they just decided this morning. Yeah, they normally don't do that. Right. So, so anyhow, sorry, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think it's when you actually see your name in the cleanup spot out of the two hole, the first thing you're thinking of is they put me in the cleanup spot to clean things up. It's you're a human being. You're obviously going to think about your bat differently. Now, again, Bo's an elite hitter. He is. He can stay inside balls that most humans can't. But do, will he get big? Will we start seeing the helmet fly off? Will he start trying to pull balls that he normally doesn't try and pull? Those are the things, right? Will he try to be ambushed and breaking balls with a dude on second instead of staying inside that thing, hitting a 17-hop single to right field like he normally does? Is it just I'm up to get hits? Now you're up to stay big part of the field with backspin to have extra base hits. It's a big difference. Like, it is. It's a thing. So I don't think he would do that because he's a – I mean, he's borderline genius when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, just mm-hmm. how he thinks and how he works through and how he sets hitters up and, what, you know, how he'll educate guests later in games because of how he's done. But he had 212 last year. 22 starts in the cleanup spot with nine ribbies and no homers. It's a thing. Like, it ain't, okay. again, it ain't how no many, joke in sorry, that how, And how many games did he? I'm 22, just asking. 22, 22 starts games. last okay. year in the okay. cleanup spot. That's, that's, a, that's a decent enough sample size. That's 85 at bats. I mean, that's, look. So they're going to they're gonna be careful now. Will he get, again, he had a little protection hitting in front of Laddie. He's going to start getting the oh, oh, nasty slider now because there ain't nobody behind him. You afraid of Kevin Bishio? No, you're right. Kevin Bishio's 0 for 12. I ain't afraid of Kevin. I'm a big fan. I've been that guy. And I guess last, stuck up for Kevin last Bishio, year when he was, he's hitting fifth. Last year when he was hitting cleanup, he would have had uh, uh, Tay Oscar behind him, I believe, right? Last year hitting cleanup. So, well, that 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 is a good point. Um, if you are the Yankees, and I, I mean, I guess – I mean the Yankees. What are they? They would love they to sweep for? the Blue Jays. Love that. And they got and they got that entire bullpen raring and ready to go. They ain't well, been pitching the last two games. Yeah. Go, I mean the Blue Jays have been dominated. I haven't seen the Yankees behind lineup the woodshed is. by them starters. All them all that bullpen's well rested. So you know Booney's going to throw the kitchen sink at the Blue Jays trying to sweep them. That's that's the way you want it. And I just wonder. I, I don't think that's going to be a thing again. He's a very smart hitter. He knows what he's doing. But only time will tell. It's uh, because now I'm sure without them telling him, just by them penciling his name in there, we are asking you to run produce. Yeah. Not hit a single to right 
Run produce. There's the, a big difference. The uh, Yankees lineup, uh, both Volpe and Judge are back in the lineup. The Yankees lineup is LeMahieu, Judge, Torres, Wells, Stanton, Cabrera, Volpe, Pereira, Floriel, and we mentioned Luke Weaver on the mound. So Aaron Judge is uh, in the lineup tonight. And I'm just looking at the Yankees versus Chris Bassett. Uh, Aaron Judge, I mean, the Yankees 19 for 78, lifetime against Bassett, 244 average. If you're interested, Luke Weaver, uh, who a lot of the Jays would have faced in the American League West, uh, Brandon Belt, five for nine with three doubles, three walks, three RBIs against Brandon uh, against tonight's starter, Luke Weaver. Just uh, you know, things I'm pulling. Yeah, out. it just doesn't hide the fact that five through nine is seven for this last 51 in the last three games. Like that's a lot with only one RBI. And right. Matt Chapman's hitting in the eight hole. And sometimes you just say, well, why is he hitting there? Because he's earned it. He's eight for his last 50. Like they, don't, they don't have an 11 it. spot in the order. He's earned the eight hole. Like that's we're to that point with him and – his at bats and the way they look, and you know that they again they they've sprinkled him everywhere to try yep. and sort of. He's a really good defender. I mean, he can change the game on that side of the ball. But how do we hide the offensive side of it? He had a good month. He ain't had a good month since. I mean, he ain't had a double digit RBI hmm. month since April. Say that. Let right. that roll. He's got fifty one stakes, Jeff. He plays third. He had like thirty of those in April. <laughs> To say that his year has been disappointing, is that a good word? Or is that, can I use stronger? I, mean, I don't want to use stronger because of how many doubles he's had and, and you know, defense. he's played really good defense. So, yeah, I would say if you ask him how's it went, do you think you could have been better because of what you're trying to do in the offseason? I mean, we all know who your agent is and, you know, he walks on water, but. I still, it's it's been a year that, yeah. I mean, the first question I would ask his agent and him, if I want to back the Brinks truck up is, what would tell us as an organization that you have any chance of hitting an elevated fastball? Any chance Scott at Boris, all? Scott Boris will Explain have, it to Scott us. Scott Boris will have seven pages of statistics okay, and analysis. Well, I would say, take to, me to out, that. Set, set up a machine, show me. That's what I'd say. Because, I mean, they're they're not asking for $30 million. I mean, it's going to have some zeros after it. So, yeah, I, I think maybe the, the thing, right? yeah, I'm again, you know, I've said this all along about Matt Chapman. It, in some ways, Matt Chapman, it's not that his year statistically doesn't matter. It's just that because there are so few players on the market who are frankly capable of playing every yeah. day on a good team, he's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, Matt, like Chap- Matt Chapman can hit ninth. And play great third base. For 130 million? For, let me finish. Matt Chapman can play ninth and hit the. You're the one that keeps bringing up 130 million. I mean, it's he can, he, he, what do you think they're asking he for? He can hit ninth or eighth and play third base on a team that thinks it has a shot of going to the World Series. And you know what? All of those teams, they're not going to be afraid to spend money on him. You think if the Yankees need a third baseman, they'd blink twice about adding Matt Chapman? Of course they, they, they should. Blink four or five would. times. It, 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 Matt Chapman's not they, Matt Chapman's not going to join your team and and make your lineup better. Offensively, Matt they got Chapman, some Matt Chapman. Matt already. Chapman is going to help you defensively, and there's a value. I for mean, that. that's an expensive help just for the defensive well, we, side of it. Okay. Well, you want a little both if you're going to pay him a little bit of money. You are. You do. All right. No. I mean, you 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 completely overlook the fact that the free. <laughs> 
I guess. Supply determines the, what you get in the free agent market a lot of the times. I guess. Well, it does. You'll be yeah, have you, have you been surprised? Have you been have you been surprised at some of the deals dudes get in free agency? Yeah. Why is that? Well, it's because there might be four teams looking for a guy. If he goes to one team, that's three teams that are left looking for him. So, I mean, nobody is going to design their offseason to get Matt Chapman. He's not going to be a priority. But somebody's still going to pay him. Somebody's still going to pay Matt Chapman. Hmm. I mean, they just are. I don't think there's any surprise. Uh, Jeff Nelson, Yankees analyst, joins us surprised. later on in the show. Ah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Passan as well and uh, Ben Wagner. I, I don't know where you're getting the $130 million. I mean, I just... Uh, I, I don't I know would, where you're getting I would assume when everybody says, well, he's basically the only guy on the market. And we all know who his agent is. Well, if you're the only guy on the market, you probably ain't going to get $40 million. I mean, he's got the best agent on earth. That's my. That's where I'm sort of getting that from. Like, it's probably going to start with a one and some zeros after it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, 130, I don't know. But it might start with a one and some zeros. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's all. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Yes, you are. I'm saying that it will be a little bit of a surprise because of the giant hole he has in his swing because of the first month he had. That's the thing, right, is when you're really good for a month and they have really smart people trying to get you out, it's a... That's all. I'm just wondering how he's going to fix it. Maybe that's more part of it. Because I don't care how much money he makes. I'm just wondering how he's going to fix it. Because there's a lot of really smart people around Matt that I'm sure have said suggestions. Try this. And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked. And I'm just wondering in the offseason how he will adjust and fix that. How's that? Give you a better answer than what I was trying to say. I almost believe you. <laughs> yeah, I do. 707 is the first pitch tonight. Chris Bassett <laughs> against Luke Weaver. Uh, you made a comment after Jose Barrios's uh, previous start. Uh, we were talking about sort of what we were looking for from Barrios. Hmm. Channeling my inner uh, John. Barrios is fine, too. Um, you talked about the importance of foot strike mechanics yeah and sometimes how when he's out of whack mechanically the hand isn't above the head when absolutely the foot right. did you what did you see last night in in that regard it's very hard i mean he had 10 didn't he have he had 10 punches he had 10 punches i like it's hard basically working around one dude yes sort of screwed up Who his entire start he was it was like they overthought it like they were just thinking so hard which they should mm-hmm. he's arguably the best hitter in baseball one of the best yeah okay you need a you need a a big time at bat shohei otani fucking oh, come on <laughs> really raise your right hand and say i promise that's who i would pick to over, get my wanted bat with over the bases. Aaron judge oh my yeah. gosh holy really yeah wow Okay, that's a that's a conversation for a whole different day. <laughs> oh, look, I can't believe you said that. Uh, I look, I I, I think <laughs> I I think he had a really good start. That's that's what I think. I think he had a good start, and the best hitter in baseball beat him. How's that? All right. <laughs> you feel like he's the best hitter in baseball? I do. I think when healthy, I don't know how you get him out. 
I mean, he don't like the the fastball up and in, but he's Freddie a Freeman, giant. Freddie Freeman, the Freddie ba- Freeman, and Mookie Betts. I'd rather have them up than him. Who scares you more out of the three? Freddie like Freeman who, or Mookie who Betts? Who just who just if you're the manager, you're thinking seven hitters before those three guys. Who scares you the most? Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman? Not for me. Holy or Shohei Otani. If that. All right, whatever makes you sleep well at night. Uh, not me, boy. I mean, he's got one little hole, and he's seven eight, and it's very hard to know how high that hole is. And when he gets the bat in the zone, line to line, hit it to the moon. I don't like you today. I don't like you today. That's your choice. Everybody has their choices. You watch as much baseball as I do. If you want to pick. Otani over Judge for that morning bat. Otani, you're right. Otani's lousy. I, I shouldn't have We're said We're talking Ohtani. about best in baseball. We're not uh, talking about Barker no, and Otani. Yeah, we shouldn't have, I That's shouldn't have the said Otani. I, I was said really best. silly. I was really silly. There's no way Shohei Otani is the best hitter in baseball. You're right. I was wrong. I'm glad you admitted that. Well done. <laughs> I need to decompress here. <laughs> is that what that's called? Jeff Nelson is a Yes Network analyst. He's also part of the Miami Marlins radio analyst. He's a four-time World Series champion reliever with the Yankees. He was really good. He was really good. Yeah. And he's really good as an analyst, which is why he's going to join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. It is the 28th of what I do now. I just can't get over the Otani thing. It's the 28th of Botember. <laughs> Bo Bichette is hitting cleanup for the Blue Jays. That's got a nice ring to it. I mean, you can do it with any month. October, Botober, Bovember. Oh, boy. Hmm? <laughs> See, why would you do that? That's a great question. Answer the question. And Andrew Holland just said May. I said it worked with any month. So you lied. Oh, April. So you lied. Barch. Yeah, I May, May, I don't know. Well, I, I, I still would love to have a cleanup hitter on a team trying to win a World Series. That's just me. But what do I know? <laughs> Clearly not as much as I do because in their hour of need – in their hour of need, when they are, as oh, you said, that's well as said. you said, you said that it's desperate times. <laughs> you were the one who said it's desperate times, unlike last night in Blue Jays talk, where you upset because you felt you had to remind people they were in a playoff spot. Well, we have to stay positive on that show. All right. Well, well it anyhow. Gets, it gets negative quick. You desperate. Well, it's because <laughs> we've been talking well, after you're a lot of bad. I'm not leading it. <laughs> you are. You are, too. Anyhow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you've been, you know. I like the move. This oh. is the best lineup. They Do you agree? I'll agree with you. This is the best way they could run out their lineup. How's that? Today. 
Yes or no? I'd rather have Kiermaier hitting second. Kiermaier is just, you got to have a little fear in that spot. Like, you're a little afraid of belt. Not tons. He's got 15 big ones. How many has Kiermaier got? I'll give up a bloop single to left. And Belt's OPS. Belt's OPS. He leads the American League in OPS since August 1st. There you go. Put your hand up if you knew that. All right. I I didn't know that. I was looking at it. I just looked at the Jays game notes. Well, to make you happy, the only way they were going to do this is they had to have a good reason to move Bo out of the two-hole. Is doing it after a game in which the Cy Young winner shoved it up your you-know-what, is that a good reason to do it? I think it's just no, they're the re- like 15th no, in baseball listen, and run score. Because the reason I'm asking is if you're going to make that move, you probably don't want to make it last night. Are they past panicking? Like it's past. We're, they're past that. Well, according to you last night, they've got a playoff spot sewing up. We should just start getting ready for, for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm Ray. a half-full kind of guy. Absolutely. Hmm. All right. Uh, Jeff Nelson is a Yes Network and Marlins analyst. He joins us on Blair and Barker. We know we've just got a few minutes for you, Jeff. We appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. I want to talk about the Marlins, uh, obviously, but listen, as someone who's pitched in a lot of big games and Mm -hmm. got, what, four rings to prove that, uh, the Jays made a lineup move tonight moving Bo Bichette into the cleanup spot for the first time this year. Um, he right. did not have a great deal of success in the cleanup spot last year. I talked to Kevin about, does a hitter's mindset change when he goes into the lineup? Does a pitcher's mindset change when a really good hitter, the best hitter in the team, when he looks at the lineup card and goes, oh, Bichette's not hitting second tonight. He did, he's hitting cleanup against me. Uh, no, it definitely does because you, uh, well, for a reliever, now starting pitcher, you know, they go and they right. try to navigate through the lineup. They see, okay, where are my outs? Where do I have to watch? You know, obviously wherever Bichette hits, you're going to have to watch where he hits and, and make sure that, okay, the, the three guys ahead of him or people on base, you got to, you know, keep guys off. And that's where you concentrate. And, and you go through a lineup and you pick someone out and say, okay, this guy's not beating us right now. Bichette's probably the guy in the lineup that's saying, Hey, this guy, you know, I know you have Chapman, you have Guerrero, you have, you have everybody back and he's Springer, but this guy, this is the guy that can't beat us. So you'll figure out other ways around the lineup to try to navigate. So he doesn't burn you. Now, for a reliever, we always look, well, now it's a three-batter three minimum, but you still you look at cer- certain slots and certain innings that you know you would get to, like the seventh or eighth inning if I was a setup guy. And I say, okay, in these situations, I'm going to wind up facing these guys. Now, it's interesting because, you know, you just mentioned that Bichette's never had success in the cleanup role. A lot of guys, which is strange to me, but I guess I guess it's just pressure situations or different situations that, you wonder, you know, why they think that, oh, you know, I hate leading off. I mean, you have certain guys that probably should lead off, but they don't like leading off the game. Or, you know, you have guys that hit cleanup. They, they don't want to hit cleanup. Now, the only thing that I would say is hitting fourth, I think you want Bichette getting as many at-bats as possible, don't you? And hitting mm-hmm. fourth, that might eliminate one on, on occasion. Yeah, unless you're only yeah. scoring four runs a game at home. That that for me yeah, is exactly. well, that's sort of Jeff. That's sort of where they're at, right? They're 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 not hard to pitch to. They're they're trying right. to play for the giant inning. 
It's not innings. Yes. It's inning. And they're hoping that Bo can come up because he's hitting 345 with runners in scoring position this year, that he'll come up more than one time or more than one at bat with a couple of dudes on. That's what they're that's what they're banking on. Yeah. And you know, it's just I think the Blue Jays were one of the teams that I thought were gonna win the East and probably compete for a World Series. Now they're just you know trying to compete to stay in the wild card. Now I think they're gonna get a wild card. I mean they're half a game up from Houston, a game and a half from Seattle. So everything's got to really go backwards. And even though they got Tampa in the weekend, everything's got to really go backwards for the Blue Jays not to get a wild card. Uh, I think they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. I think they're. I think the expectation level with Toronto definitely exceeded what they were doing. What they're doing now, and I think they're starting to feel a little bit of that heat. And once they get in. I think maybe it might change. You know, the hardest part is even though they have to have two extra wild card spots, it's just getting in. And once teams get in, it's like not that they relax, but it's like, oh god, man, that that was a grueling 162 game season. Now we're in, and now we can maybe try to set things up and go from there. Jeff uh, Garrett Cole, only, I think he gave up over 30 homers last year. He's only given up 20, I believe, this year. How is that right? Coming into the season, I would assume he was thinking, control the slug, have a good chance of having a really good year. How's he done that? Well, I think, I mean, you look at the spider tack and the pelican grip and all that stuff, all that stuff was taken away, and he was one of the guys that used it a little bit. And, you know, he started last year going to the cutter a little bit more than he has ever. I mean, a lot of guys, it seems like the cutter's the new pitch. You know, that's the pitch that, you know, I don't have to have a whole lot of tackiness on the baseball, and I can still get it to break a little bit. He started throwing the cutter, and I think it got away from his fastball command. And once he started dropping, if you look at the usage this year, it's not very, I think it's maybe less than 5% that he's thrown the cutter. He's really gotten away from it, and he's gotten back to his fastball command. And I think that's really helped him. And you're playing you're playing in a, a fly ball uh, ballpark at Yankee Stadium, and you better learn how to keep the ball on the ground. You better learn how to strike out guys. And if that cutter is such a field pitch, and if you make a mistake with it, it's just a cement mixer out over the middle of the plate. So I think he got away from that and got more back to the fastball command. I think that's one of the reasons why he's kept the ball in the ballpark. If you had to get Aaron Judge out, how would you do it? You got to go in. I mean, you can't. I, I pitched against guys, Frank Thomas, and, and you, those guys are intimidating. And, and if you don't go inside, to make him aware that you're not afraid to come in there because you can get him out of way. But he has so many comfortable at-bats. Nobody oh. pitches inside anymore. Yeah. And if you ever went in, then you can just go breaking ball away, slider away, slider away, fastballs even away, and you have them. And you want to make these guys feel uncomfortable. It's just, you know, a lot of these big hitters, nobody comes inside, and you see too many comfortable at-bats, and they're getting great pitches to hit. You know, Jeff, I'm going to admit, I picked Miami to go to the postseason this year just because I felt like being like doing something different uh, for a change. Uh, they have the third wild card spot right now. Uh, why should I think that I'm going to look like a genius? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to look like a genius because, I mean, if you've seen the way the Cubs played the last two nights against the Braves, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about playing tight, yeah. I don't know if there can be a tighter team than the Cubs. I mean, you miss a five, easy fly ball. Suzuki did it right. You can't turn a double play last night, and then all of a sudden uh, the catcher, whatever his name, throws it to shortstop to try to throw out a runner at second base. It's like, can you play any tighter? They, they should have won these two games. They had to lead in the ninth inning, and they've lost both of them. You know, you have the Braves, and you have the Giants in the National League. Everybody else is, is pretty mediocre. 
You know, even you can throw the Marlins in there. They have so many issues. I don't even know how they're doing it. I mean, they're pitching. They're going with bullpen days because mm-hmm. Alcantara is gone. You know, Perez is sent out because he's, they don't want to pitch him too often. Uh, their bullpen has just been crushed. And, and it's, uh, you know, Johnny Cueto last night, you thought that Braxton Garrett was going to be the guy that gave you, gave you some length and, and gave you some good innings. It wound up being Cueto instead. So, you know, it just seems whatever you think they're, whenever you think they're out, they just do something and, and they win. And the other teams aren't doing anything. I mean, the Giants are gone. The Padres, they just started too late. You know, they, they finally had their run, but a run too late. The Reds are playing themselves out. They have a day a day off, and they're a game and a half out. And they're with three to play. they got to win out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. They've gotten into a good, a, a good spot, a good situation. And, you know, I think two more wins, and I think they're in. Jeff, how do you play loosey-goosey in September when you're in, I don't even want to say meaningful games, like <laughs> you have to win games. How, how do you do it? Everybody says, oh, you got to be that way. You've been in a bunch of games. How do you do that? Like, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do. How do you do that? Yeah, I don't know if you can, you know, because every single game is a must-win game. I think you look at guys that have success in the postseason, and it's the ones, and you can consider, you know, guys are playing, I mean, teams are playing for postseason spots now. They're all meaningful games. I think you try not to make the the moment any bigger than what it, what it is. I mean, when you try to elevate your game in the postseason or you try to elevate your game in situations like that, you wind up failing. If you take it, you know, like you do during the regular season, then, then I think, uh, I think it winds up working out for you. But when you start trying to elevate your game, when you really can't, you know, that's when even MVPs, they wind up failing in the postseason because they just think, Oh, I got to do something different. And just like situations like this, I think, and with the blue Jays, probably some of them are, are doing that. I mean, they think mm-hmm. that, Oh, I got to play even better than what I have to, to try to help this team get to the postseason. Yeah, it's hard. Nelly, thanks for doing this, man. I know it's a hectic time for you. We truly do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're awesome. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to be with you guys. Take care. That's Jeff Nelson. Yes, network analyst and also Miami Marlins analyst, uh, four-time World Series champion reliever with the Yankees. Yeah, it's pretty cool to listen and, and talk about the the Marlins and the Cubs fighting it out to, I, for the last. But I like that. I like do it's, too. It's, I, it's different teams. You never, you didn't really expect. Maybe the Marlins because of the way I they just, pitch. But yeah, I. Listen, I mean, it was, I picked it, them because I thought their pitching was going to be yeah, so good. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to even have them in the conversation this time of the year because uh, you know. It's 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 sort of the big time teams, and we all know who those teams are. And then it's the Marlins and kind of the yeah. Cubs because of where the Cubs are at, and to have them in the conversation. I kind of like Cubs, talking about them. I didn't I didn't see a lot of the Cubs last night. Obviously, I was at uh, I was at the Rogers Center, but just like doing some reading on it. That I mean, I mean the Braves are uh, they're a tough get. They are. <laughs> that's you know, what that is. They are they are a tough get. Yeah, and they're they're you know. The thing is, well, we'll have we'll have Jeff Passon on later, and and there's there seems to be, and my friend Ken Rosenthal wrote about this, uh, talked about this today. I'm sorry, in a podcast, also wrote about it in the Athletic. Though, you know, there's some concerns about the Braves pitching. The Braves pitching is not healthy. The right pan now. or the starters? The starters. They basically got two starters huh. right now. Uh, so we'll talk to we'll talk to Passon about that. But uh, yeah, uh, the Cubs. I I think. The Cubs would be disappointed if they don't make it because it's the type of watching what's happened in the last two games makes you think, okay, maybe we're really not that close. Like we, we've got some guys who have been exposed a little bit. 
Well, maybe maybe you flip it on its other end and say we're really close. If we add a piece or two in the offseason, keep yeah. Cody. I, I mean, Cody's don't come around every day. Mm. Guys that can play positions the way he does and hit the way he does. I mean, you're the Cubs. Spend some money. John Schneider did his media availability today. Obviously, much of the discussion was about uh, the fact that the Blue Jays have finally agreed with me and moved Bo Bichette into the cleanup spot. Good thing they called you. Good thing they called me. Um, But he was also asked about tonight's starting pitcher, Chris Bassett. And this is kind of an interesting story to keep an eye on here. We've talked about it. If the Jays do go to the postseason, how do you... How do you set up your rotation? I mean, it may be taken out of their hands. If Sunday's game means something, then Kevin Gossman pitches Sunday, and we go from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chris Bassett gets a start tonight. He's 15-8, and the knee ERA of 374. He's had a really good year for this team. John Schneider was asked about Chris Bassett. As a competitor, not many, um, not many like him. You know, he's... He's um, intense, but focused at the same time. Um, he's been consistent the entire year. And, um, you know, 192 innings in, and he's still going strong. I know that's a career high for him, but him as a competitor and him as a pitcher, you know, just I think I think consistently um, how, how good he's been, or consistency, I should, I should say, and, um, and a really intense competitor. The way he goes about attacking the team, was that something that you... I know that voice. A great question. With all the different pitches and how he actually sequences them, is that something new to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a unique pitcher for today's game, and I think it took a handful of starts for you know him and us to kind of really um, blend the two thoughts or approaches together. And um, you know, he's kind of hit that sweet spot with Pete to where they have a really good understanding of what they what they're trying to do. So it's um, it's definitely an interesting look. He can he can get you out in a variety of different ways and has a really good understanding of what he's seeing too as the game unfolds. You've got a clubhouse full of young pitchers. What would you like them to learn from a pitcher like Chris Bassett? The biggest thing is how he competes. You know, I think everyone that is here at this level, you have the skills to go out and get hitters out. And I think the separator is uh, the competitive nature that you have. So, you know, that, how he takes care of himself in between starts, um, his presence in the clubhouse, you know, it goes such a long way. John, what do you think about Blue Jays fans across the country, some of them are jumping on the bandwagon. It's late September. What's your message to them about what this uh, team is capable of talking I mean, my message is, you know, hang with us. You know what I mean? Not, try not to put uh, the last 48 hours in a, uh, in a vacuum and um, understand that this is a team that, you know, fully expects to get into the postseason and when we do to make a really deep run with the uh, with the pitching and the players that we have here. Hmm. How do you approach, how differently do you approach a game in late September compared to a game in April or June? You'd like to think not too differently, but I think, you know, yeah, there's some different strategy that goes in based on just where you are and how short the runway is before the season's over and who you can uh, try to utilize and maximize in certain spots. So, it's been no secret we've relied on our pitching and defense, you know, throughout the year and our bullpen as well. So that's the recipe we're going to continue to follow. And, um, you know, hopefully they can kind of continue to put us in the spot to win. I mean, I know what I would have answered if somebody said, what would you say to Blue Jays fans? I'd say, have no fear. We're listening to Jeff Blair when it comes to setting our lineup finally. Well, you'd be lying. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. It's funny. It's funny. Even, even if a guy has eight pitches... It all 
comes back around to fastball command. Every time you hear mm-hmm. Buck Martinez talk about his starts, he always starts the game by saying, if the two-seamer is a cooking, all those other seven pitches he's got yep. are going to dominate. It really is true, right? When he can go quadrants with the two-seamer, call it a sinker if you want. Sometimes it runs side to side. Sometimes it looks two like seamer is probably a better word. It for is, it yeah, things. more. It's because he's trying to control it. Right. He don't want to get swing and misses on it a ton. That's why he uses the change of speeds to get that. And if he's got the cutter against lefties, then all of a sudden you're standing on the on deck circle. You know, you're you're praying that he'll flip one in there and hang it early in the count, and you can try and put it and play in the big part of the field. So, yeah, that that for me is sort of where he starts his whole deal is if I got the two-seamer working, then I can sort of figure out my neediness on the other seven pitches. It's time for Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. This, unfortunately, is the same old Mark Poffel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, people have been picking on me all day. You, you deserve And you're driving into the you office today. It. Some jack wagon cut me off. You live in Toronto. Me the bird. You're not used well, yeah, to that. But, he fl- but here's the thing. No, here's the thing. Did you if, deserve it? No, he cut me off and gave me the, gave me the middle finger. Because I, I followed you before. I would flip you off following you. No, but I mean, listen, if if I cut you off and you flip me the bird, okay, I deserved it. I'm not doing anything. It's like you cut me off and flip uh, me the bird. Uh, you probably deserve it. Anyhow. Yeah. Hey, Boffa, what's up, man? Hey, sorry, Jeff. I'll never do it again. But the thing is, is that we're going to concentrate on the Toronto Blue Jays offense tonight. Listen They've, to this oh, number. Yes. Listen to okay. this number. They've been blanked the last two nights Doesn't against matter. the Yankees. Bo's hitting cleanup. Doesn't matter. And that's why. Yeah. Lineup's been shuffled up. Yep. Maybe that's what they need need to get some runs on the board. We're looking at the Toronto Blue Jays team total tonight. Over, under, four and a half runs. Will they go over or under four and a half? What do you think they're going up against Luke Weaver of the Yankees? How do you answer that? Well, it's an easy four answer. Four and a half what, runs? What, what <laughs> inning? Like, is that after... I mean, yeah, of course they're going over four and a half runs. Of course? Of course. Like, you're that confident. I am that confident. Because <laughs> of one guy. I'm that confident. I mean, I can't sit here and say well, that I've been asking for this all year, and then when it happens, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, they're going to go four and. Luke Weaver, come on. Come on. This game is in the bag. It screams three to two wins. Nothing can that's go what, wrong. That's what it no, screams. I think maybe 6-1. I want to take the. I want to. I want to take the. I want to take the under so bad on this, but it's it's four and a half at home, and with four games left, and it's the Blue Jays lineup. If I would have said that this would be the topic to you four months ago, not even in spring training, four months ago, you would have said after teams miss and they're hurt. I I have to take the over because that number is silly. It's silly. Silly. Because the dude they're facing tonight's got an ERA of almost seven. So I have to take the over. I don't really want to, but I, I'm going to. Well, would it make you feel better if I took the, the under? Would it make you no. feel better if well, I the, took the under? Uh, the reason I just said that, too, five through nine, seven for their last 51. Doesn't matter when one to th- one through four is going to be just raking tonight. Going to be raking. Going to be raking. I'll t- I, I four mean, RBI for Bo tonight. Four. Four. So he'll almost do it himself. Pretty much. All right. I'm going to take the over. All right. 
I don't have a great reason. I just can't believe the number is four and a half. September 20. You can you can't say that you you're not shocked by the number. Uh based on what I've seen this year, no. Uh, that's no. not the point. The well, way yeah, we is. talked about their lineup coming into the season, well, there's a lot that of we're having the conversation about how small that number is is yeah. shocking. That's all. Anyhow. I'm going to take the It's other. in the bag. It's in the bag. That was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And it is a whole new game because Bo is cleaning up. Mm. Bo Timber, 28. I hope he has good at bats. They're going to 707 will be the huh? They're asking a lot for him. That's a that's a he'll come through. It's the best player a, in the team. He is he by far, but it's best hitter in the team. Best it, player in the it team. It is it not is close. Ah, it's not close. Okay, who? That's a bit strong. All right. I we we really need to have this conversation with 40 seconds left. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like making so you that uncomfortable. You know, I'm uncomfortable. Desperate times, desperate times, desperate times, desperate times. Getting shut out two games in a row desperate at home. Desperate times. They got a playoff spot. You guys panic too much. Desperate times. They got a playoff spot. You guys panic too much. Desperate times. You can't pick a, you, you pick a lane. I think sometimes this used to work with other co-hosts that you've had. This will not work with me. Jeff Passan of ESPN joins us next. How'd you like to how'd you like to play some Major League Baseball in Salt Lake City? I've done it. Jeff Passan joins us next. Ben Wagner will join us from the booth as well. The 28th of Botember will be back to celebrate it. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet.